When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you killed the White Walker, almost all the dead that followed it fell. Maybe he was the one who turned them. We can go for the Walkers. Maybe we'll stand a chance. There's a raven flying for Dragonstone now. Daenerys is our only chance. No. There's another. Killed him. He turned them all. Hello, everybody. We are the podcast who has no name, and today I'm joined by John McCann. Hello. Emma Phillips. Good evening. Gareth Evans from all the way down in Australia. And hi. And I'm your host, Len. So, guys, uh, we're going to be talking about the episode, the the very much leaked episode, but the episode nonetheless, Beyond the Wall, (laughs) is the official title. Just a quick spoiler warning, we will be going through everything that happened in uh, the latest episode, and we also will be referring to some book knowledge. So if you haven't read the books yet and you don't want to hear any book spoilers, feel free not to listen. It's nothing too major, um, but we will be spoiling the episode and some book knowledge. John, what do you think about that episode, bro? I'm a bit conflicted, to be honest. You're conflicted? Yeah. I think the um, the 10-year-old boy in me uh, says, oh, yeah, awesome. Uh, but the cynic in me uh, is like, that was a bit... Mm, was it good? I don't know. Was it good? That is a very good point. Emma, what do you think? I uh, very much in this season have had similar feelings where I've either really enjoyed or really not enjoyed an episode and on reflection felt very differently. I thoroughly enjoyed last night. I am now thinking in much more detail that 50% enjoyed, 50% quite frustrated. That might be John's influence. There were a lot of things that I felt could have been done better, but overall pretty epic. Yeah, well, I've got to echo the thoughts over there to be honest because very very similar I think at first I was like oh man that was crazy and then you just kind of think back and reflect a little bit and also have a read on Reddit and things like that and you see other people pointing out things that really didn't make sense (laughs) or were a bit stupid I think um I think it's one of those episodes where you just need to you have to leave your brain at the door, just go and just go with it. Like that like John said, like Em said, and like you said, there's a lot of things that when you actually think about it make absolutely no sense. 
we were all pretty much against the idea of going to hunt down a white and taking it to Cersei from the start. Like we're all against that plan. We think it's a bad plan, but I think um, if you take all the logistics away from it and you just watch it as like seven or six or seven of your favorite <coughs> characters going out beyond the wall, facing the Night King, and then you know the stuff with the dragons at the end. I think if you just take it, like, if you just think about those moments, you know, actually that was pretty awesome for people who casually watch a show. I think this would probably and people probably listen to this they might say it's their favourite episode of the season and, and I think that's no, I do, di- yeah, and I, I think that's completely the difference here yeah, we're, we're coming at it from book knowledge and we're you know and, we're, and other other things and we you know we sit here we analyse it we talk about it and we're trying to come up with these reasons why they do certain things and I think for us that might make it weaker I think it's sort of an average episode for the season I don't think it's the weakest I don't think it's the strongest Yeah. I don't think it's anywhere near Hard Home or Spoils of War or Battle of the Bastards mm. but I do think at the end of the day I did watch it and I was like still shouting at my screen you know with certain things happening with John almost dying with Viserion which we'll come on to later dying which is a massive plot point let's get straight into it and start with the first scene which was uh, this very arty <laughs> shot going over the painted table um, at Dragonstone and then it cuts to John and the uh, you know the Seven Samurai, or whatever you want to call it, uh, Fellowship of the White, Fellowship of the White, Avengers, walking through Magnificent the Seven. Magnificent Seven, oh, yes, nice. um, walking through uh, idyllic landscapes. Um, there's a lot of conversations that happen here uh, between a lot of good characters. I mean, I, I felt one of the strongest parts of the episode was the conversations between characters on the way to the eventual climax of the, of the episode. There was a, re- there was a, I thought the conversations were genuine. Uh, I thought the dialogue was decent. What did you reckon about um, Tormund and John talking about meeting the Dragon Queen? And then uh, he basically said that Ma- Mance Raider was a proud man. He didn't he didn't bend the knee. And how many men died for his uh, for his pride? Yeah. Okay. So um, really good point from um, Tormund. That was that was um, sowing the seed. I do have some issues that I'm sure will come up later so I won't, I won't talk too much about it um, but, but how kind of uh, how huge an impact that had on John is maybe a bit over the top yeah. um, but it's a good point and it's probably this is what Lucy was talking about actually a week or two ago how you know he should just bend the knee but uh, we disagreed and I think mm. that he's underestimating how much of an issue uh, or Tormund in this situation is underestimating how much of an issue mm. the north, the northerners are. It's not about John's pride, is it? It's mm. about um, it's about the fact that the people of the north won't aren't happy for him to do that. They don't want him to do that, and yeah. he needs their support too. Yeah, um, it's nothing to do with pride, in my opinion. It's about um, his kind of duty as king of the north. You know how many of Mance's men died for his pride. I don't think that. I think probably in a, on a one-to-one basis, Tormund meant that for that. But actually, I think we're supposed to see that as looking at all of these people trying to rule and how many people are dying for their pride. Danny, Cersei, John. You know, it's not wrong. Rob. You know, looking right back, even Robert. Um, well, coming from a man that has no pride, um, <laughs> I think uh, <clears throat> I quite like the point that. Torment made. Well, it, it just seemed like such a random inserted bit of dialogue. Particularly being a wild, like a wildling going beyond the wall. You'd be like, well, before we do this mental suicide mission, 
why don't you just bend the knee? I think uh, that John not bending the knee up to this point is completely legitimate because he's only known Danny for like a week or two or whatever the silly timescale is that he's been on Dragonstone. Eight but years. <laughs> eight years has actually flown by <laughs> in six episodes. But um, he, he, he needed... And we'll come on to this later when we get to it at the end of the episode. But he needed proof that Danny was a righteous person, yeah. like someone who was going to do something good mm. for the realm. The, the act of heroism that she shows at the end, um, and the loss that she takes because of that, and I think I think that makes him bend the knee. And I, I think it's far more acceptable after a couple of rewatches than in other episodes. I think I think he just needed that sort of um, that sort of proof to do it. <clears throat> I mean, look, there, there are too many people doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Agreed. Uh, and uh, and that and that one stuck out for me. That so one I'm stuck like, out for you. It's too much. All like the reasoning. That's not him. No, he's he's yeah. much he's much more of a sort of. He is literally a wildling. He is a wildling. Yeah, he, he is he, the wildling. He is the wildling. Yeah, that is true. But there is a good conversation that comes up uh, in the same scene between John and Jorah, and they have a lovely sort of moment where they talk about Longclaw, and John tries to offer the sword back to House Mormont, and I, I and I was thinking last week. I mean, I didn't voice it, but like because we had so many things to talk about, but why they didn't have that conversation when he first met at Dragonstone. I mean, Gaz, what do you think about that meeting? What do you, what do you think well, about that conversation? I don't know. Like, I hope he had a good sword with it because you're going to need one. You're probably going to need one yeah. in this situation. They sort of shared a father figure, didn't they? And, um, so it was a nice conversation to have. I think you're right. Like it's a bit, it is a bit weird that it didn't happen earlier. But I guess maybe um, when it takes months and months to travel up to the wall, then you're going to get time to know some. Oh, wait, no, it didn't. It took about four hours. <laughs> Longclaw is now the, the Stark family sword. So obviously people who don't remember Ice, which was the ancestral sword, the Valyrian steel sword of, 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 of the Starks got melted down in, in the show at the start of season four and in the books in Storm of Swords. Uh, it got melted down and made into two swords, one for Jamie Lannister and one for Joffrey. Um, and then the Starks obviously have no ancestral Valyrian steel sword. Mm. Every every house apart from the every major house apart from the Lannisters pretty much had a Valyrian steel sword. So this is quite a big moment, hopefully for House Stark and and the future of House Stark. Um, but John, what do you what do you think about the mention of? I think this is the first time we've seen we've seen uh, John when Jorah says to him about let your children um, have this sword you know, when you pass it down to your children, what do you think about that comment? Because the first sort of time maybe we see John actually even think about the thought of having children. Like, mm. he's never really done that before. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, one of many mentions of, like, lineage and what's going to happen next. And I thought that was probably the best uh, conversational dialogue yeah. or the most natural yeah. dialogue uh, in the episode. Um, I do agree uh, with Gaz. Uh, again, well, what's going on? Why are they doing this beyond the wall? It's ridiculous. Yeah. And and to be honest, forget uh, whether or not you think you uh, have enough honour mm. to wield that sword. Mm. Look at the state of him when he's wielding the daggers. The size of them. I mean, what's he thinking? Yeah. 
Good he's point. got the worst weapons of all of them. In fact, some of the red shirts, and again, we'll call them red shirts because they are the cannon fodder. Yeah. Uh, they look like they had better weapons. It's yeah. ridiculous. I think in him, what I felt from that particular conversation <coughs> about Longclaw was that he refused to feel like he was good enough to deserve it. Yeah, no, I get that. No, but that's, that's 100% right, yeah. though. I mean, I mean, for his character at the moment, I feel like he's been on... I know you don't like the redemption, but he's been on this redemption arc and... For about five seasons. Yeah, but he, he, he disgraced his family. He's, he's, the Mormonts, as we know, you've got <laughs> little Lyanna Mormont sitting over there, like seven years old or something. Little fella. Bossing, yeah, little, little fella. Bossing, bossing everyone about. And I think, you know, the father, Gior Mormont, was Lord Commander of the Night's Watch and Jorah for what he did chasing a woman and selling everything and selling slaves is what he actually ended up doing he did <laughs> disgrace his house he disgraced his house and, and he he knows he's not worthy of that sword he what? knows it like in his heart and I don't disagree with that but I do kind of feel like he's proved time and time again that he is a worthy man in his own way and don't really, okay he made some real mistakes and he was a bit of a twat but he's proved mm. that he's capable of being a decent man and that he has honour and mm. he has loyalty and I just want him to stand up and go do you know what yes I'm Jorah Mormont and I'm bloody brilliant our first stop at Winterfell of the episodes. So basically the scene starts with uh, Arya and Sansa up on the sort of gallery looking down at where they used to shoot arrows and she says about how, uh, you know, she, being a lady, she's not supposed to shoot arrows but she saw the bow left out and started shooting and then Ned was up there clapping and that's a nice, I think that's a really nice thing that reminds us of that first episode where she's brand shooting, can't hit the target and then Arya out of the out of nowhere just hits the bullseye. It's a nice little nice little moment. And Ned always had an affinity for Arya sort of trying to not be a lady, as it were. You know, he, he hired Sirio Pharrell, you know, to teach her stuff. And that was a lovely scene, but then it turns a bit sour. She gets the scroll out and blames Sansa for his death. Uh, so, uh, John, what do you reckon to that? What do you reckon to that scene? <clears throat> what do you think? I think that they needed a bit more setup, and this is the whole problem with this rush season. I think they need a bit yeah. more setup for it. I'm not buying the fact that Arya would 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 really judge Sansa this much. She's a clever girl, you know. She's she studied from <laughs> some of the smartest assassins and people with the most common sense in in, in the series. And um, I just don't think she would buy this, which is why I'm hoping, and I think we're all hoping for a big double bluff. But I think we're all hoping that I is actually playing Littlefinger and it's going to be revealed next episode. But I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yeah. I mean, and we've discussed this, I think that's pretty much what is going to happen. Um, and I kind of now don't want it to happen because then Littlefinger would have done nothing this season. Mm. It's even remotely interesting. Yeah. Apart from that very amusing, <clears throat> slightly kind of caricaturist running around with Daria last episode. That was quite amusing. John saying Littlefinger won't have done anything interesting in the series, apart from die. Like that's what I reckon he's going to do. That's mm. going to be interesting. Yeah. is be killed. Yeah. Um, well, I mean that that would sure, surely that's coming. Uh, yeah, I think I, so, we'll yeah. go on to our predictions later, but I think we all strongly believe. And we said it a couple of episodes ago. I think yeah. we don't see any. Not many of us see him living past this season. Tormund speaking to the Hound. Um, I love this conversation because it actually made me laugh and, and it was a bit more Tormund he was a bit sort of more on the wild side of things and, <laughs> and, and his you know, pardon the pun and his humour was great I mean the Hound was in it who is obviously the best character I think probably discussed this before yeah um, he is by far the best character uh, interesting call <clears throat> well go on why 
Well, you know, his um, his his hair is a bit rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, I think oh, I the best know, character has to have good hair. No, nonsense. Yeah. Like the, 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 the hound. has got good hair. He has. He does. Hair. Yeah, uh, and a great beard. Um, mm. The hound has like character depth, and he has a character arc. Yes. He, he, yes, the hound. Is. The hound has uh, the character arc that everyone thought Jamie would have yeah. in the show, and yeah. it's just not happened. Unfortunately it's not. It's yeah. so weird. Like, like In the books, Jamie has that arc. Yes. I mean, again, yeah, the books have only gone so far. Um, and we hope it continues the way he's going. Is what yeah, you absolutely. I think the, the only other character that comes close to, uh, to the Hound in terms of depth, and, and potentially even better, would be like Theon. Yeah. Like, like that's what you want you want yeah. someone that is like this sort of conflicted and tragic figure and you yeah. you want to watch it and think I like he's awful but I want to root for him um, and you don't get that with Jamie you just look at him and you think he's a dick he's such a dick yeah um, but yeah, yeah like the, the hound is fantastic so whatever he does is brilliant let alone yeah. when he can still at this point uh, do a bit of uh, cock humour with uh, with Tormund. I also we really like Tormund it. and the Hound. I kind of want them to be BFFs a little bit. Well, they have a little... That's uh, a phrase I've never said before. Oh, yeah, well, of course. Yeah, Le- the Brienne stuff was The Brienne stuff hilarious. was hilarious. But then we move on to uh, the next scene, which is Danny and Tyrion sitting around the painted table, having a bit of a drink, having a little bit of a chat and a gossip. It starts off as a gossip. And what did you think about that that scene where they're chatting to each other? The first bit that I really enjoyed was was Danny's description of, you know, I I like the fact you're not a hero because heroes do stupid things and die. And that actually is the sum of quite a lot of what's happened in the last couple of seasons. People have tried to be a hero, they're fucked up, and everyone's dead. Yeah. It was an interesting scene. I, I do find their um, their conversations quite awkward, though. Yeah, I think um, there's a couple of interesting things they mention in this chat, which <clears throat> Danny's been saying for quite a while now that she wants to break the wheel. Um, the sort of the sort of dynasty that her great 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 grandfather Aegon, when he came over and conquered Westeros, <clears throat> he sort of built the wheel, as Tyrion says, in terms of wardens of the north, the south, the east, the west, and the, the you know the distribution of power, um, and then the Iron Throne. Um, what does everyone here think? I mean, I mean, Gaz, what do you think? What do you think she means by breaking the wheel, bro? Yeah, it's a good question actually, because um, is she setting? Up the, uh, the 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 foundations for democracy. I yeah. don't know. Like yeah. it's not. Um, I don't think that would be a thing that's even slightly considered. But what she does want is to end. Um, I guess she wants to end people being used as pawns in the Game of Thrones. Well, tyranny. Yeah, but it's but it's not about that. It's about so if you remember when she first said about breaking the wheel, it was. Um, Season, what is season, the, season five, bro? Season five, and it was about the wheel keeps turning. So you know we're going through this cycle. So yeah, fine. At the moment, you know it's the Lannisters in charge, but then who's it going to be next? And then if it's you, then um, what comes after you? And it's about that wheel that keeps on turning, and that wheel destroys everything in its path. Mm. And she wants to to destroy that wheel. So I think it's about I think it's about protecting the people of Westeros and I don't know I don't know exactly I don't know if she knows exactly how to do that but 
the plan is to end to end this cycle of death and destruction. And so I guess she wants to win people's hearts as well as win Westeros. The thought of democracy is quite interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I've, you know, I think they don't really have a word for it because they, they've not thought yeah. of it yet. I mean, Tyrion tries to reference it like, you know, the, the Night's Watch has one method. The Greyjoys, for all their faults, have another method. And that's obviously the, the succession of Lord Commanders is chosen by a vote. And the uh, King's moot is essentially a vote of people just yelling when someone has a good speech. Who has the biggest call? They don't know what this concept is yet. They've not obviously thought about it. Uh, they're not, they, you know, it's not happened. So I think I, I do personally see it ending in, um, ending in a democracy, but I think, I don't think John or Danny are making it out of the, I don't think they're making it to the end, either of them. If, so, if season eight is just a political campaign, it's like Star Wars. <laughs> the shittest. It's like Star season. Wars: The Phantom Menace. We do not need the trade embargo <laughs> situation. We don't need to see the Senate. Fuck it. <laughs> is this the same scene in which they talk about the fact that she cannot bear a child? Yeah, and this is very interesting because we mentioned it earlier that John hadn't really thought about kids. Going back to season one of the show and the first book, Game of Thrones, <clears throat> um, when the witch that essentially killed and poisoned Drogo, uh, Miri Mazda, she had a prophecy that, you know, when Danny came around, she woke up, she had lost her baby and they said it was horrific, like a monster scaled like a lizard. Mm. And uh, Drogo was restored. He was, he was kept alive, but he was catatonic and pretty much useless. And, and she made a prophecy and she said, when the sun rises in the West and sets in the East, when the seas go dry and the mountains blow in the wind like leaves, when your womb quickens again and you bear a living child, then he will return and not before. And that was talking about Drogo being himself again, or, you know, as many people have thought that her first child might be called Drogo, and it's about how she has a child again. You're talking about a show where most of the prophecy doesn't actually come to pass, I guess. Mm. Like there's there's quite a lot of like misinterpretation. So, like what prophecies haven't been true? Really, yeah. they have. They've just been misinterpreted. There's a bit of a difference, yeah. I think, between okay, um, a prophecy being incorrect and being misinterpreted. Completely. So right. I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's some kind of hidden meaning behind that prophecy yeah. about not having not having kids. <clears throat> that we haven't picked up on. And actually, if you listen to that, it doesn't say that she will never. Bear a living child. Yeah. It's talking about Drogo returning, and we know that she smothers Drogo to death after this prophecy, and yeah. she hears that he's never going to return to her because she does take it for that. There's a theory amongst book fans that <laughs> the sun, the sun has uh, risen in the west and had set in the east. Um, obviously, in the books, the Dornish, their sigil is the sun. Um, and they come from Sunspear and Quinton Martell, a character that we don't even know about in the show, but in the books, mm. he gets sent across to marry Daenerys by the Dornish. Um, so he would be a, you know, a sun right, rise, rising in the west and then setting in the east in Essos where Danny is because he eventually meets his demise at the hands of the dragons when he tries to sort of tame them. Um and then when the seas go dry and mountains blow in the wind like leaves could be 
when the dragons break out of the Great Pyramid in Marine and they torch it and it like just they say it turns to dust. I mean, there's all these theories going around that saying when the that, sea around the wall freezes over and goes dry. Yeah, there's lots of things potentially that could be poetic and mean that Danny might might be able to have children again soon. I'm gonna I'm gonna hark back a little bit to that breaking the wheel bit because actually as we've been talking about this, I've been starting to think about how that how that really relates so we talk about we think the fact that Danny can't bear another child you know that John has never thought about having children but then if you think wider um, you know Stannis killed his own child Cersei allegedly will have no more children or her children will never live so actually is this more of a wider mm-hmm. comment that you're breaking the wheel of the entire possibility of, of the ruling elements of Westeros oh yeah you know, it's not just about Danny the disastrous wheels of so many different houses and generations and mistakes are yeah. being broken they are being stopped yeah. so the next scene we're back beyond the wall with the lightly lads <laughs> we've got a polar bear zombie white um, which is quite interesting um but it has been mentioned in the books. It was mentioned in Storm Swords. There was uh, when the Fist of the First Men, Fist of the First Men, when the it's Night's Watch were out there. Gay club in so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. There is a pretense for the zombie polar bear thing. So when the Night's Watch are ranging past the wall and they all get massacred uh, by the White Walkers... It like happens at the beginning of end of season two, beginning of season three of the actual show. Um, in the books, there's a there's a moment where they see a zombie polar bear um, or a zombie bear. I don't know, but it, it's quite cool. They finally got a chance to do it. I was genuinely terrified. Actually, I wasn't really expecting it because I was so caught up in the kind of monotony of them walking, the friendship of the white trudging through the snow, oh and then all of a sudden this hideous dead zombie bear shit thing appeared, and I jumped and possibly made a small scream. Um, and then I was really confused about who was killed by this uh, white bear. The action was confusing. I do yeah, think. I think because really they're confusing and quite misleading. I thought. I think because they're wearing like north of the wall gear, they all look very the same, and it's like Kenny from South Park. You can't really see their face, so it's like yeah. you just don't know who's getting getting killed. I mean, on oh, second, not in it, is he? Oh God! What? Yeah, he, he probably was. They killed him on. about ten times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> poor little bastard. I think it was. Um, it was a pretty terrifying and amazing <laughs> effect. I, I thought it was incredibly done. Like, yeah. Yeah. Scary, shocking. I wasn't really expecting it. I was fearful for everybody. I just, I've actually got, um, just stumbled across it, believe it or not, by accident. <laughs> Found the, uh, the bits in the books where yeah. the bear turns up. Yeah. Um, so I'll just, it's in uh, A Storm of Swords, yeah. Samuel Tarly chapter. Um, there was dead, pale and rotting, its fur and skin all slaved off, slaved off, and half its right arm burned to the bone. Yet it still came on, only its eyes lived, bright blue, just as John said, they shone like frozen stars. Thorin Smallwood charged, his longsword shining all orange and red from the light of the fire. His swing near took the bear's head off, and then the bear took his. Wow. I mean, That's a really good reading, mate. Powerful piece um, of reading. So quite similar oh, to there. quite similar to what happens then. I mean, obviously the, the blue eyes. Obviously, we know about the blue eyes and the whites. Um, but also the flaming flaming swords. Mm. Um, 
which we know is a Thoros weapon of choice and potential. I, th- I can't remember if Beric does use a flaming sword in, in, in the books, but I know Thoros 100% does. Um, and, and that not use of fire is, is obviously very key. So the next scene was just more back to Winterfell, little finger sort of manipulating Sansa a bit. Where did she get that from? I don't know. <laughs> All that sort of stuff. I mean, it was a bit bit weird i mean i've not got my i mean i think we can just skip this scene (laughs) no 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 before we do before we do i read the other day this awesome theory and somebody has noticed that every single scene with little finger in it (gasps) you can hear ravens making noises in the background oh bran your little yeah, he's not been very active, has he? The little. I thought you were going to say something else. Ah, but he exactly. So what's he been doing? Oh, he's been spying inside the ravens. Well, that sounds awful. No, That's I. I, I mean, he's he's not not that again, is he? Little bit. <laughs> but I think the ra- I think the raven thing is interesting. I don't know if the show is that intricate to do it, but that, if it is, then <clears> I'll take my hats off to him because that is that would be amazing. No way. So their mission is to capture a white and. Very conveniently, they stumble across maybe a scouting party led by one white walker and about ten, ten whites. Gaz, what do you think about that scene, bro? When um, when they cap when they captured the uh, captured the white. I mean, I, I thought there was a lot of interesting little bits and pieces in there. I mean, it was very convenient. But what did you reckon to it? Yeah, well, I think was it. Do you think it was a trap because there was that little? Um, fire there and mm. I thought like, they set they... that I thought they set that yeah, I thought they, I thought they, like John and everyone set that for the oh uh, yeah okay. yeah yeah, yeah. 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 so what kind of I guess the the important thing the most important thing that happened there was when they killed the white walker the whites all died immediately mm. um, which you know that that shows that that can happen which I think is actually a bit, it's a little bit shit because, um, <laughs> well, now it's like, oh, don't worry about all these millions of dead people that are coming. Just go and get those five or whatever. And um, yeah. it just seems a bit convenient. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's all. Yeah. Mm. I think um, I think the show's kind of underplayed how many of them there are. I mean, it had Hard Home where you saw him raise like ten thousand just from the ground instantly. But I think I think the idea of their army is just that it's a horde army. It's literally a horde army. There's probably going to be a hundred more, maybe even two hundred thousand in their army. So I think getting to like five, you know white walkers or controllers of the army is going to be extremely tough doesn't matter if you've got dragons or anything because obviously we learn later that dragons are now not as much of a trump card as we thought they were um so i think i think it is still i think it's a really important point i think it is a is a really great out i mean i could you can sort of see this sort of like final battle where danny's like doing the aerial battle and like john's on the floor like having an awesome sword battle with the night king or something and it's it's all loads of characters are about to die and then john takes out the night king and they all just fall down very similar to the you know very lord of the rings very lord of the rings and we know that george loves lord of the rings and that is definitely like the ring just dissolving in mount doom like you could easily see that being like everyone's doomed and then john out of nowhere takes out the night king John, what do you reckon to the fact that when that sort of scene where he's making all the noise and, and you hear this like like crowd of them approaching from the hills? What did you think to that? Yeah, I mean it was uh, it was pretty tense, man. 
This is fanboy stuff, right? Yeah, this this I mean, is I, more I, fanboy. I watched it and I was... Uh, oh, there'd be. So uh, when that happened, I, like, my heart was racing. So when I heard that <clears> noise... <throat> It didn't first occur to me that it was just going to be fuck loads of whites. I thought it was going to be the giant whose name has yeah, good point. My what, gi- what giant? Not one one. Yeah, the one that's now yeah, a white. No, one, 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 one one's not a white. No, yeah, one one's not a white. Well, whichever giant is now white, there's a white giant. They, they, ha- they have they're all the same, are they? They have white giants. That's a very good point. Where are the white giants? Where are well, the we giants? Saw one about three we, saw, we, we saw them in season. We saw one one. We, we saw one 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 time. <laughs> we one, saw one, like one, two one. or three of them at the start, very that's first end of the yeah. season. Good point, Em. Where yeah. was that? And so when I heard that Run huge like rumbling yeah. noise, I money, thought money. it was the giant white. One one and then yeah, his brother two or three. <laughs> 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 no, but seriously, I oh, thought it was going to be a giant, and then when that happened, Just, I was like, yeah, what, what is going on with him? Uh-huh. Maybe they'll appear in the next one. I think there's a budget. Th- it must be a budget thing. So Gendry gets sent off as the sort of postman uh, the now Usain Bolt of Westeros yeah, well, what is that did I miss something because I think actually he's more than Mo Farah of Westeros all... long distance that is true yeah yeah um, good point they sent him off and then they retreat to a, what I like to call a very conveniently placed island um, I think the the concept of having that little island in the isolate was I think it's very cool mm-hmm. so Gendry makes it back he gets the Davos meets him they send the raven to Danny, and and that is that. Going back to the going back to the island, um, John, what did you think about uh, Thoros sort of just dying in his sleep? Yeah, but again, I, I, what's the point? What's the point in that? Just kill him earlier, rip his head off. Yeah, I think. He's he's, like, oh my god, that was awful. He should have had a mercy killing. I think. Yeah, I do. I I do think that. Give him um, that line beforehand, where it's like. Because uh, Jor looks at him as if he's like, oh, he's, he's dead. He looks I've got at him a bit of a theory. Dead. I've got a bit of a theory that is maybe giving too much credit where it's not due. But in this episode, there was quite a lot of talk about, you know, we've, we all live, I was, between Beric and Jon Snow, like they've come back to life for a reason. They're yeah. here for a reason. Yeah. And maybe it's like Thoros, oh, he's survived. They've fixed up that that wound he's obviously here for a purpose oh no he's just died in his sleep yeah <laughs> good point I mean that no but that is that is potentially true I don't true. know if you could class that as a theory I, I quite like Beric thinking so much of himself uh, I mean again I mean he's, he's not privy to the script but uh, he's a nobody in this I, I really uh, I'm, I'm glad he's alive I think he's quite yeah. an interesting character With for how long he lasts voice. but um I really wanted him to be like, I'm the hero, and to just storm forward and get absolutely destroyed by the Night's King. That would have been unbelievable. I was hoping there was going to be some sort of kamikaze mission. So we go back to Winterfell, where Sansa receives a scroll that she's invited to King's Landing. I'm assuming that's the invitation, potentially, Cersei for this big parlay that they're all going to have, the big meeting they're all going to have in King's Landing. Um, And... (laughs) Uh, she decides that she doesn't want to go because obviously why would she go she sends Brienne instead I mean the reason that maybe she shouldn't go is because she's just been complaining all the northern lords are complaining that all the Starks are going south obviously she shouldn't go south obviously now no, I absolutely agree with that decision as well yeah, yeah 100% because because it happens literally I think it's just after um, Littlefinger says oh Bri- Brienne's sworn to protect 
both of you. Yes. Yeah. So it doesn't seem to make any sense with that. It doesn't make sense. But when it does make sense, it yeah. does make sense if we buy into your idea that this is a, a bluff from yes. the Stark sisters. Or, yeah. The only way that that would make sense is if Sansa knows that she's not actually under threat from Arya. She, she does have a bit of a look after, at the end of that scene where she sort of like huffs and she's sort of like... I don't know, like knowledgeable about something. It does come across that way. See, mm. I feel like we're being tricked into thinking that Littlefinger is is fooling Sansa into thinking that Arya's going to hurt her. But what if he's mm. fooled her into wanting to hurt or harm Arya and that's why she's sending Brienne away so that yeah. he's there to protect her? Yeah, they... Uh, yeah, I, it's that not is true necessarily as well. just one-sided in this ba- situation. Basically, I mean, there's a lot both... of fingers and a lot of pies here. Little fingers and little, little pies. Yeah, little fingers and little pies. I know what's going to happen. So Bran is going to walk into Ghost. Oh, Ghost. I thought you said he's going to walk. I was like, nah. Yeah, he's doing <laughs> nah, yeah, he's, uh, the fact that Ghost that is, is not in more of the show is such a shame because he is... I, mean, <laughs> I read something the other day. Someone went, no, he died. No, no, when? When is he dead? I genuinely, when the polar bear appears, the half-dead polar bear, yeah. I did think for a moment it might have been Ghost. Right. And then I was is. utterly distraught that it wasn't. <laughs> Here's a point. Like John, God, it wasn't, was it? Like John said earlier about the budget, and they've, they've wanted to do this polar bear thing for ages. If I was the creators of this show, or the show runs this show, when you read the books, Ghost is amazing. You'd want to put more Ghost in. You'd be like, oh, I'd love this so scene good, when like, Ghost does this. Yeah. Or, or I'd love to see more Ghost just sort of prowling around the Winterfell yard. I mean, like, it can't cost that much. I just think it's madness. Yeah, I, I can't see it being a budget. An like, in, in all seriousness, it can't be, can it? I think um, after Polar Bear, it's more expensive. Exactly. They, they had enough Polar Bear. They had about two minutes of Polar Bear there. All I want right, is 20 seconds of Ghost. Them, let's stop calling them Polar Bears because... We call them polar bears because they live at the poles. Yeah. They don't have poles in Westeros, do they? They're, they're snow bears. Snow, they're bears. snow bears. Yeah, good point. Very good point. We go to Dragonstone, where Danny, wearing a lovely number by Louis Vuitton, comes out of uh, comes, <laughs> <laughs> comes out. He's researched that. Uh, we could go. Um, <laughs> she she walks out wearing his winter coat. Like, oh, okay, she's going north then. Um, and Tyrion mm. arguing with her that she that, that she maybe shouldn't go north, and maybe sometimes doing nothing is the right thing to do. And she says that um, I've I've listened to you before and I've done nothing. I'm I'm doing something this time. And what did you what did you think of her decision to do that and to take all three dragons? Her response of the last time I did nothing, people died. Actually, I thought was pretty powerful. And you know, we hark back to talking about heroes doing stupid things and dying. She's kind of going off to do a stupid heroic <clears throat> thing, but standing back and doing nothing has never really helped why after all of this chat about Danny being hit by arrows it's happened several times for the life of me why is she wearing a winter coat and not some armour in all seriousness there might be armour underneath there's yeah. I mean armour to stop arrows and stuff yeah that's what yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. I mean you're giving them way too much credit there she should be wearing dragon rider armour that is a fact are what is not, she doing are we Me not harking her. back to the first conversation of this episode about the the damages of pride you know she's been told over and over again that what? you know she's she's been she's been saved from death so many times yeah. is she not just being is, a moron I think she's just been told too many times she looks too good in that coat and she just doesn't want to like ruin it <laughs> because in all time. seriousness it's a joke <laughs> she should wear some armour like and, and yeah. I don't know what anyone else thinks about this but nah, she's was... got armour plot armour 
but because Shit, because later we know that obviously one of the dragons gets fucked up spoiler alert again do you not think do you not think that the dragons should have some sort of armour it'd be a bit difficult to get it on though wouldn't it well, I did think that no honestly <laughs> honestly I thought that after uh, after the fourth episode you know how people put their dogs in like little football kits <laughs> Who does that? Gaz when he gets a dog. That is what I'm imagining Drogon flying around in. Okay, so now we come to the basically the battle scene of the episode. The hound fucking around with some rocks decides to like try and hit some whites. Well, quite yeah. quite yeah. funny at the start. And then obviously they learn that the the, the ice lake has frozen over. John, what did you think about that uh, the start of that scene uh, where they all started attacking <clears> them on the on the island? Well, look, being a McCann, uh, Rory's let himself down there. What's he doing? <laughs> what is he doing? What is he doing? He'd be on full alert. So if he hadn't have started pissing around with those stones and caused yeah. them all to run into the lake and try to kill them again, what the hell would they have done? Just chill I out. The same question. I had the same question. Would they have just been standing there waiting for a sign? Well, no. Danny arrived like literally five minutes later, so it's not like it's... No, no, no. They Were they just... Because obviously it had frozen over, yeah. so they hadn't realised that, and they weren't testing it, were they? They weren't no. like going, oh, let me just check this out. So <laughs> would they have just been waiting forever if the hound hadn't been throwing rocks? What I noticed is that um, like Jorah has, we mentioned it earlier, he's got dragon glass daggers. and No, but, but against the whites, they seem to kill in one shot. They're one-shotters. It's like you stab them anywhere, because like, obviously they're like zombies. <laughs> They're like zombies. With a regular weapon, you can chop off their arms, as we saw in season one when John was fighting them at Castle Black. The only thing that killed them was fire. Even like chopping off limbs didn't work. Well, okay. But because they're using dragon glass weapons now, they seem to be one-shotting these boys. The Hound has a dragon glass weapon. He, he abandons the hammer and he takes a dragon glass weapon. Tormund's got like a dragon glass axe going yeah, he on. Does, yeah. And and these dragon glass weapons are literally taking down these zombies in one hit. You don't have to take their head off, you don't have to burn them. You just you literally inserting these weapons into them and they're dying. Well, okay, so where where is the reference that they Agreed. Have? Yeah, what, I've seen what? that scene like so many times now. Yeah. And it was only on like I don't know. I mean, I've not watched the whole episode three or four times, but I've seen that scene yeah. on more than one occasion. Yeah. And it was only on like I think yesterday in full HD non-hacked that I could see these like the, the dragon glass weapons. Yes. I was like, what the fuck? Like, so, where's the reference to it? They could have just literally said, well, thank God for this dragon glass. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have to say, we were talking earlier about the, the challenges, especially when you know where you think a story should be going and you have so much of a critical perspective, but the challenge of suspending belief when you, mm. when you watch mm. these episodes and how that that feeling changes in retrospect when I watched that scene where Tormund almost died I was genuinely traumatised by the idea that my favourite wildling was going to die and I believed he was I thought he was I thought he was dead I mean I think it was great I think because you know he was so close in Battle of the Bastards to dying this this time they were like well he's just going to go now but um, the fact he, the hound saves him which is quite, I think it'll be quite a fun duo potentially in the future. So as they're like John shouting, fall back, fall back, fall back to where? You're on a little island. But then this, you you know that Danny's coming. She arrives and she absolutely tears up the place with Drogon, Viserion and Rhaegal. Burn it, yeah, well. Those crap dragons. Drogon and some other fellas. She comes and saves the day. Drogon makes a cool landing and she's like, yeah, John, get get on the dragon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and no, John 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 looks at her for about five seconds during the middle of this chaos. Sexy incest. And then decides, I'm going to show off here. I'm going to go kill some whites yeah, in front of her. Yeah, what's he doing? He's going a bit mental, isn't he? Yeah, what is he doing? You see the Night's King grab a spear of some kind. You're like, oh, fucking hell. This is all, all going to go horribly wrong. Go. Uh, turns out he's had 10,000 years of practice and he's, his arm is really good because he, he absolutely destroys Viserion. <laughs> okay, so this, I think, is what actually does make it overall like uh, quite a cool episode because that Ooh. that was even though I, I mean even though you're right in in the sense that we don't we didn't get to know Viserion properly um, we don't necessarily know that it's him if you're not sort of an avid close watcher and book reader it was still really I thought it was heartbreaking yeah I was devastated yeah. and um, and I thought that is just a huge thing that we haven't really thought about. Like we've always thought, so Danny's got these three dragons. Like that's going to be, that's going to make a huge difference. We've talked about um, the three heads of the dragon, yes. Which uh, you know that has put paid to that. It was just, it was, it was brutal. Like the way the blood was sort of pouring out, and oh, it was screaming. Really and oh, um, the, the scream from uh, the other dragons was oh, yeah, yeah. was Dra- horrendous. Dragons. I was just like. Yeah. And and they played they they Can actually you give us, uh, an impression of, of that then. <laughs> That's my impression. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I, I love the idea that as you were watching that happen, that was your reaction. That was my reaction. I, I'm tone deaf in many ways. Dragon impression, singing, lots of things. <laughs> I do feel for the first time in a long time, this is the most Game of Thrones death we've had for a while. Um, because losing a dragon is potentially the biggest death we've had in terms of power shift for ages. Yeah. Well, I mean, to an extent, two dragons are still better than no dragons. Do no one think that, that the show's sort of really undersold the other dragons? They've just not really utilised them the way they should have. Yeah. I, I think it's... No. <laughs> just no. That's, I was that's basically going to say the same thing, but less concisely. Yeah, no. No, they do have personalities. In the book, they all have personalities. They all have different traits. Like Rhaegal's yeah. aggressive, yeah. and he he's the most aggressive of the three. Viserion is the smartest. They say, and they say mm. that he's the one that to mentioned to my favourite character. Shout out from last week, Brown Ben Plum. Viserion. <laughs> Viserion is the one that Brown Ben Plum goes up to. So. Shout out to BBP. No, I appreciate the fact they have their own traits, but actually, in reality, we can't communicate with them. It's not fucking Harry Potter. We're not past the tongues. All right. I don't think communicating with dragons is up for debate in this. No, mm. but my point being that they're not going to have a real personality if you can't communicate with them. They're either going to be a thing, they have a trait. Yeah, so I guess, like, when Tyrion goes down and frees the first dragon, then it Mm -hmm. goes and... Who's the second dragon? Well, like, who is who in that? Exactly. Yeah. They don't even ever say their names. They, they yeah. say their names, like, once Cause, cause in the two dragon, seasons. Little little nod. So, like, go on, then, free me, then. Yeah. And you think, oh, that's a smart dragon. Yeah. So, is that... Are you supposed to be going, oh, yeah, that's that one. Yeah, I mean... That's a fair point, actually. <laughs> look, going to I the, love that scene. That's like... No, I love that scene. And that's what everyone thought, oh, three heads of the dragon. So, if anyone listening doesn't know, the three heads of the dragon theory is that the Targaryen sigil 
and Aegon and his two sisters when they con- conquered Westeros there were three of them there's three heads of the dragon on their sigil and it was believed for a long time that it would be uh, Danny, John who we now know is a Targaryen and the potential other Targaryen based on a long running book potential book theory that, that Tyrion is actually a Targaryen rubbish theory rubbish theory and and probably now disproven by the fact that we've lost a dragon it's not a rubbish theory in terms of uh, the possibility of it yeah yeah um, but it would be shit in terms of it um, being a I guess placating mm. Tywin's uh, like absolutely unnecessary hate yeah. of Tyrion they just desperately want him to be part of this Targaryen troop but yeah and um, you know he he isn't let's just get over that one he's he is a Lannister he's just a good Lannister. So, question for you guys: If you don't believe that Tyrion is is a Targaryen, do you still believe in the three heads of the dragon theory? No, I don't. Okay, fine. John uh, tells Danny to leave as she sees the Night King whack out another spear, about to head towards Drogon. No one knows why they didn't go for Drogon first. Um, easy target, sitting down. But um, John says, "Go, go, go!" And he tries to run back to Drogon to get on, but he gets tackled and knocked into the the ice lake um, and you're like oh my god not again not John again I guess with with John being taken out I I don't know about you guys but I never I never thought he was actually gonna die his um, no. his plot armour at this point is way too strong and he needs to be there for something more significant um, yeah so uh, so that wasn't I was, it wasn't a surprise I guess I didn't feel the tension that you're probably supposed to because I just didn't buy that he was going to die. Um, yeah, but, but I still, I still got the um, the emotion, the emotional tug that must have been there. To um, that sounds dodgy, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> emotional but, tug. But it was the right decision. It was the only logical option was to fly off. <clears throat> yeah, after they fly off, there's an amazing shot of Longclaw. You just see the pop, the pommel head of the sword on the ice. And then there's like a 20 seconds of nothing. And then John just comes out of the water. I just thought that was an amazing shot. John stumbling, obviously now suffering from severe hypothermia, which is definitely true. He was underwater for an untold amount of time. I mean, are we supposed to believe now that maybe, maybe John, maybe John can't die. Like maybe John physically, like even drowning. I mean, he was under there for a very, very long time in freezing cold water. Maybe, maybe we're supposed to believe now that he's got some, after being brought back like Beric, he's got some sort of like severe, you know, immortality maybe. complex. I mean, but he he um, he makes it out, and then he's got about another thousand, two thousand whites that are about to chase after him, and out of nowhere <laughs> comes Uncle Benjin, cold hands himself, to save the day. And what did you think about that? Well, I was going to be really annoying and I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to hark back to the beginning of last week's episode. So we suspended belief enough to think that Jamie Lannister could sink to the bottom of a lake, mm. end up on the other side of it and still survive. It's not yeah, that, that disbelievable that Jon Snow could survive that. Yeah. Having said that, Benjamin Stark, <clears throat> with that swinging, fiery, white-killing piece of machinery, was an epic entrance. Yeah, um, cool. Just a bit sadly didn't just leave with John to be honest well yeah I mean uh, that, that sums it all up though like I uh, again I've had a few beers when I watched it so uh, my uh, my reaction to Benjamin coming out of nowhere was uh, 
oh, come on, yeah, all right. Yeah. And then uh, 30 seconds later, he's just lying on the floor being raped by these uh, <laughs> fucking uh, whites. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sakes. The, I mean, I guess he did kind of fight them off and sort of give by John even he, that I mean, 30 seconds to get away. He hit two of them. Yeah, that is true. It's I mean, ridiculous. He just fell on the floor. At least give him five minutes to take out 100. Be, ridi- be really ridiculous. Yeah. Like, make it that it's like a path that he's like clearing or something like that. It just seemed like a needless sacrifice. Like, I, mean, I guess in the I books, like, I understand it. I suspect that he, he again, in the books, he can't go beyond the wall. Um, yeah, or at least uh, he can't. That, he can't go past the wall. Yeah. yeah, but fuck's sakes! Like, what, what a way to go out. He walked into him for fuck's sakes. Yeah, it, I mean, John always had an affinity in the books. He's got a massive affinity for Benjin. In the show, you know that he fo- Benjin. He followed Benjin to the wall. Benjin was the first ranger, which is like the second most senior post behind Lord Commander. Ever since season one, John's been looking for Benjin, and he's. Just to see him, he's just to see him for this little brief period of time just blew his mind, obviously. And he was, yeah. it was such, it was, you know, it was just so sad that he, that they they had to just only have those two words for each other. But it was nice. <laughs> it was nice that yeah. Benjin got to save John. I do see something similar happening in the books mm. with that. I, I really can see Benjin saving John because I'm sure it'd be more than a paragraph. I'm sure it'd be more than a paragraph as well. But I, I think that was a really nice touch. Mm. So John gets away on the horse and then we, we, we cut to everyone else who had flown away on Drogon at the wall, making it back there. Uh, and from what we gather, the Hound is now parting ways with the Brotherhood, which leads on to a very popular theory. <laughs> the bloody Clegainball. It's definitely happening. If, if the hound, he is going with the white, he is going down to King's Landing, and it is going to be epic next week when he finally meets his zombie brother, who we believe has Joffrey's face, potentially. Um, There's no way that's true. If that's, that's true, that's true. mental. There's but, no um, way He's definitely true. meeting zombie Clegane. It's got Joffrey's face. It does. That's the thing. No. It's not even... Yes. No. In... Yeah. I'm sure, I'm almost sure that in the books that is absolutely certain. So if we believe that a game bowl is going to happen next week, we'll get... <laughs> we'll get onto the theories a bit later about that and how and how it could happen. But um, Danny waits for John above the wall. You know, Jor does that, it's time to leave, Your Grace. And we, and we, and we all sort of go nice. with it. And then out of nowhere... Rider at the gates, and then John appears. <laughs> Who's that? Rider at the gates. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, swap roles. So John is saved. He's on the boat. They rip his part of his clothes, which was quite quite cool. Oh, she was just needed. Keen, yeah. But you, you you see all the wounds that he's taken from the stabbing that he horrendously got. What did we think about that? The way Danny looked at John then saw those wounds. What do you think, Gas? Uh, I don't think the way that. I mean, look, she's in love with him, isn't isn't she? That's that's obvious. Um, but it is a an illicit love. It is forbidden. It cannot happen. We go we go from uh, Danny sort of seeing John Scars back to Winterfell, and we see. I think of all of the Sansa Arya scenes, this one has the most legs because Arya is very very creepy in it. Uh, the scene in general, it was fine. It's, it's quite difficult to watch a scene like that. 
yeah. um, after such a massive battle. But Yeah, I thought that was weird. They cut to that scene after that massive battle. So hopefully we're hoping that Arya is playing the smarter move, the double bluff, and we're going to see it next week. Um, an interesting theory that I had coming out of it was um, what does everyone think about I think Arya, we've all agreed, is going to kill Littlefinger potentially next episode with the cat's paw dagger. Mm. Mm-hmm. What does everyone think about Arya taking Littlefinger's face? Uh, what do we think about that? Maybe going to King's Landing, causing a bit of trouble. That's pretty good camo. I like that. Yeah, I, I, mm. I think it's uh, it's possible. Um, but she also gave that dagger to Sansa. Yeah, I, I do. Sansa. I mean, Sansa um, can't do nothing. Ah. No, so if if you take somebody's face, you you also take on their voice, don't you? Because otherwise, you have to try and impersonate Littlefinger, which is just way too hard. Yeah, well, no, you take it all. Um, so we go back to Danny and John on the boat. John wakes up, and who's there but Danny? Uh, you know, sitting by his side, waiting patiently. Auntie Danny. Yeah, Auntie Danny looking after her nephew. Sexy Auntie Danny. I actually quite liked. Um, John calling Danny Danny. Mummy. I really like that. That really <laughs> surprised me. And it only surprised me at the point where she went, no one's ever called me Danny since I was like two or since my stupid family brother was alive. Yeah. And I, because I call her Danny all the time. Yeah. Because I'm just lazy and I can't be able to say Daenerys. But I really like the fact <laughs> he just felt that familiarity. And she references the fact that nobody but her family or her brother, I know she hated him. Mm. And we did too. Um, has ever called her Danny since what do we think about John bending the knee well unnecessary I, so I get it, I get it from an emotional point of view but from a political perspective mm. he didn't need to at that point if he needed to bend the knee if she was hovering about with the dragon going bend the knee and I'll pick you up then I get it mm. but <laughs> at that point at that point it's like she's you're, you're out of danger now you don't this isn't the time to do it but but, again, I get the emotional side of it a- rather than the political side. All he was looking for all along, as I said earlier, was proof that she was gonna that she is a righteous person. And I know we've talked about her maybe bending towards the mad side recently. <laughs> um, but but she she she, yeah, she proved herself to to John in the, in that in that act of heroinism to to say to save him and to save all of them. And that's all he yeah. wanted. The last scene is something that sort of comes out of nowhere a little bit. I mean, you, you might think it after the, the dragon <clears throat> dies, but we see the Night King uh, resurrecting Viserion, and you see the eyes turn pale blue. Uh, and, yeah, so now we've got a white dragon. Where, where did he get the chains? I don't understand. Where did he get the chains? Who cares about the chains? I thought that scene was spectacular. It, it was, I it was slow that. and it it dragged it out. But I thought in the in really the right way in that you know we all knew it was going to happen. But let's not rush it. Let's really enjoy the fact that they are dragging this dead dragon out of the ice and just bring him back to dead life. Dead life. <laughs> dead life. Dead life. <laughs> it's a new thing. Yeah, it's like park life, but <laughs> dead life. Ruined. less Sing fun. It to the tune it works. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought. Um, I thought that was a, just an absolute game-changing scene. Obviously, we talked about it briefly earlier, but now the fact that the stakes the stakes are higher than ever for our like heroes. Uh, now there's you know two regular dragons and one 
dragon that might be harder to kill than <clears throat> the others. So I think it's yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. I think it's quite interesting. Can you kill a dragon with dragon glass? We don't really know how they're killed. I mean, that I I haven't read anything. Uh, I can't I mean, be reading anything to say how we kill them. The uh, d- dragging the dragon out of the ice with uh, with the chains. Uh, does that not kill any sort of surprise or anticipation that this dragon is going is going to become a white dragon? Because for me, I, I would have loved that scene to have just been them there in this like utter chaos, and then you go back to um, uh, the Night King, similar to Hard Home, just raising his arms, and then the dragon bursts out of the ice. That would have been unbelievable that would have been they clearly didn't have the budget to do that yeah um but that would have been like so good yeah that would have been and it just would have been this instant oh shit man i didn't see that coming if the episode ended with literally bang like him crashing through the ice like that and then roaring at the screen i mean that would have been pretty cool i didn't think about that how would that roar have gone we're not going back there um (laughs) we're not going back there so here's a question do we think that the fact that Viserion has been brought back as a white, do we think that he is going to be a mythical ice dragon? Uh, so ice dragons in the books have been mentioned very, very fleetingly. Um, but luckily we have the world of ice and fire with us right here, which is the encyclopedia of Game of Thrones, essentially released about a year and a half ago, two years ago. How much does it retail for? Retails for about thirty nine ninety nine. It is a bargain. It's it is a, a bargain. So the world of ice and fire says... These colossal beasts, many times larger than the dragons of Valyria, which is what our dragons are, are said to be made of living ice with isles of pale pale blue crystal and vast translucent wings through which the moon and the stars can be glimpsed as they wheel across the sky. Whereas common dragons breathe flame, ice dragons supposedly breathe cold, a chill so terrible that it can freeze a man solid in half a heartbeat. So do we think that it's going to be an ice dragon? Or do we think no, it's just an undead dragon? I think it's an undead dragon. Um, undead dragon, because the, he's not... So if it's an ice dragon, these ice dragons are supposed to be bigger than regular dragons. He's just a regular dra- dragon. But is mm. dead. dead dragon. I mean, but... but but Depends what you define as a regular dragon. Like there, yeah. there have been dragons that have been the size of dogs. Agreed. There are. So you think, you think that these guys are already bigger than regular dragons well they're the same sort of size as the dragons that conquered Westeros 300 years ago so Beleriand the Dread and the other two I can't remember their names Varaxis and I can't remember the other one's name but they were massive Benny and the and these ones are massive yeah well hmm, I don't know I I think that sounds like it's a completely different being that is um much bigger but uh, I just think they, that the show has got such an opportunity here for something very visual, which is Ice Against Fire, the song of ice and fire. I cannot see them not going via the Ice Dragon route. Mm. Oh, I'm, not say- <clears throat> I'm not saying that. That Yeah, it's probably going to breathe out ice, isn't it? His flame thing's broken. Um, yeah. He's not, I can't see him coming out being undead and, and breathing fire. I think you're right. I think it will, it, he will breathe ice. And yeah, that is... Um, all about some of ice and fire but I don't think he's I reckon there's a different creature in the histories of Westeros and that is the ice dragon I I don't think ice dragons were undead dragons personally let's just move on to our predictions for the season finale 
Um, massive episode next week where we think that the big meeting in King's Landing is going to happen between everybody and they're going to show Cersei this this white. Uh, I was going to go around and I'd like your theories and predictions and also any characters you think might die next week. John, I'm going to go to you first. Oh, man. Part of me feels like the next episode does feature a meeting of very suspect people. Uh, I just feel like something's going to happen. Uh, that will be detrimental. Part of me feels like another dragon could die. Another one? Yeah. Oh, my God. What, so it's just Drogon left? Well, who says that it's Drogon that doesn't die? <laughs> yeah. But a part of me feels like both dragons could die. And then, like, it completely flips the script. Uh, I don't want it to happen. I love the dragons. But it would be very Game of Thronesy to either, like, either that or Danny or John to, to go. I can't can't see any I can't agree with that John I think I think it will end on a cliffhanger um, and what exactly that entails I don't know but um, <laughs> well guess something it, it will be be bold well I don't know like it will end with with John or Danny or a dragon being in peril and it's like well what's going to happen and we have to wait however long until yeah. we find out but um like like we've mentioned, Littlefinger death that would be a yeah. satisfying time to to end his his tale I think, yeah. um, and and maybe the the Sansa oh no the well the Stark the Stark kids plan will maybe be revealed and yeah. Brand's hopefully being in on it and yeah. doing some actual stuff rather than just sitting there yeah and um, Arya and and Sansa have been playing. Uh, little finger, perhaps that would be a nice reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think? Do you think we're going to see the uh, the white arrive in King's Landing? And yeah, yeah, that's definitely well, happening, bro. That, meet, that, that? that that meeting is definitely happening next. I mean, I've seen the preview. There, the, the, oh, yeah, 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 the yeah, meeting yeah. is happening. Uh, the, the the in the preview, so, the armies are surrounding King's Landing. The they're meeting in the Dragon Pit mm. at, at King's Landing. And everyone's present: oh, Jon Snow, Cersei, Brienne, um, the Hound, which is why we mentioned Game Ball, um, Jamie, everyone, Kyburn, everyone is there. Ned, um, <laughs> Ned, all right, raised from the dead. Um, so we know that. Ned's ha- the white. <clears throat> what, and the, uh, <laughs> okay, Ned's so, the white. Jesus, so the episode, the episode is called "The Dragon and the Wolf," yes. which has led some people to speculate: Are we going to see a bit of a flashback between? The dragon Rhaegar and the wolf Lyanna. No, I mean if we did, I mean I, I think no. we've got all the pieces there. <laughs> but I would love, I would love that scene. No I way. I think people are still confused. I, mean, I, I think that Cersei will somehow orchestrate the death of Jamie. Nah, no way. What next episode? Yeah. No way. Really? Yeah, I really do. No. If that happens, I don't know what I'll do. I'll eat a hat. I'll eat a hat. I'll bring one. Um, but I also I think mean, we're definitely going to see Clegane Bowl and uh, Joffrey's face. I'm going to go for. We've obviously got the meeting. I think that's going to go 
weird. I think that's going to be weird to see to see John and like Cersei interacting. I think that's going to be really weird. Danny maybe, and maybe Cersei. They're, maybe they hook up. Maybe they hook up. Mm. Yeah, good point. John and Cersei. Um, do you know yeah. what? Do you know what's going to be? I think uh, Danny and John are going to have uh, sexual relations next episode. Oh Jesus, no! It's happening. It's going to happen. It's called the Dragon and the Wolf. The next episode, the Wolf and the Dragon. That it is, is true, definitely yeah. happening that they are going to have sex. Come here, Danny. That you could, it was so Come signposted, here, this episode. Come here, Auntie. I think the only way the season can end... Ooh. I mean, they've got the ice dragon now, or the dragon that is undead. I think it's an ice dragon. I think they're going to bring down the wall next episode. Shit, that's not a bad shout. The wall is coming <laughs> down, and that is how the season is going to end. Is, is Viserion now Gorbachev? <laughs> yeah, basically. All of this has been Good a comment on, on, <laughs> on the Berlin, Berlin Wall. Wall. Yeah. Um, There's no one else so thinking the wall's if, coming if down. Could, if they needed uh, a dead dragon to come and tear down the wall, yeah. then couldn't they have just not done anything and just left the White Wall? Well, this is going on to an interesting theory that we've yeah. been talking about, which is... We, we, we kind of think the Night King is exactly the same as Bran in terms of his ability and the Three-Eyed Raven in terms of his ability to see the past, the present and the future. So there's a big theory going around at the moment that, and we're I think most of us here are supportive of that theory, that that's why they were waiting around that ice lake and, and waiting for the dragon to show up he, and maybe why he chose to kill Viserion. Like he knows something that we don't know. Um, and, you know... He was just waiting for his chance, and this is that chance. And and it's going to be a really interesting battle potentially between him and Bran to see who can sort of be the most, you know, have the most foresight, who's the best green seer, you know, out of the two of them. The other theory that's been going around that I hate, but it's around that the Night King is Bran. The theory's got legs. Brand. Brand unfortunately doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he does have legs. They just unfortunately don't work. Um, so much mean. like the theory. I, I like I like the theory. I think the theory is really dark and twisted, but I can't see it happening in six episodes. But but mm. well, a lot has happened in six episodes. Similar noses. I think the theory of the Knights King being able to obviously have the same powers as Bran or the Three-Eyed Raven now is is really spot I like on. That, yeah. that I think that's cool. spot on. And I think that makes it so even. They've both got green seeing abilities on both sides of the armies. They've both now got dragons. Um, you know, so there's a there's just loads of different factors which are all sort of really equally matched. The Lord of Light has led numerous people to that patch of the uh uh, beyond the wall the same mountain what, the same mountain you mean yeah yeah like, it's like the Beric John in a way like bringing him back the Arrant uh, the hound Thoros the hound to what to what end they were like left there to die the dragons didn't have to save them and then suddenly he's got a dragon so yeah, like, what, like what is the Lord of Light doing there is, is the what Lord is of Light just yeah what, is it just or chaos yeah so interestingly that same mountain was featured when you saw the very first White Walker when Bran was going back in mm. time and looking how the White Walkers were made, yep. that same mountain where they were all just surrounded on that island was where the first White Walker was created by the children of the forest by inserting a piece of obsidian or dragon glass into a human heart. We believe that to be the Night King. We believe that to be his origin story. Mm. 
Um, so it's interesting that that place has obviously got a massive significance yeah. for the story. I personally see the battle for the the, the, the Planetos or whatever they call it being. <laughs> it's called Planetos, isn't it? Is it? It's called Planetos. Yeah. Is it? It's called oh, Planetos. Westeros yeah. Essos Planetos is, is his name. Um, I see the battle for Planetos being uh, sort of at Winterfell. I see the final battle being at Winterfell, and I see I see the Night's King breaching the wall this season. Um, and but, that and that might be the place where Winterfell. Exactly. That's so, it. There you go. The place where Winterfell. Uh, final scene then of the of the episode will be um, the wall coming down. Dead Viserion burning down the wall. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think Turn so. Yeah. I mean, that's just a bold sort of. But I thought the wall I was coming. I don't think that is bold. I, I, I think, thought the wall was coming down last year. To be honest with you, yeah. I mean, it's, I it, the amount of time it's taken these guys to get to the wall, these White Walkers, is mental. Considering that Gendry ran it there and back in an episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is the flash. Yeah. Overall, we're wowed by the episode on lots of levels and disappointed in it in others. But I think it is going to be very important. <laughs> And I think I think we can all say we enjoyed it. Like there's none of us that sat there and didn't enjoy yeah, it. We did yeah, enjoy absolutely. it. Like and, and, and it had loads of fanboy and fangirl moments. I think that <clears throat> I just think it was great in that respect. And this is an episode that we have spent an immense amount of time discussing. So yeah. it must have had a huge amount of depth. Yeah, to, it's got it's, it's got a lot of depth, a lot of problems, a lot of depth and a lot of good points. I mean that's why it ma- makes it a great episode to talk mm. about. But next week, as we said, it's the dragon and the wolf. I hope you join again for that one Gaz thanks for joining us from Australia thanks to John and thanks to Emma for being here as well and it's been a marathon chat but um, we'll join everyone next week for the season finale can't believe it's here already but thanks very much for listening guys and click game ball just click game ball again (laughs) 